0: Light Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Cam, the author of the number one best-selling book, Sensitivity is Your Superpower, How to Harness a Gifts, Fulfill Your Purpose, and Create a Life of Joy. And in case you are new to my tribe, I would love to gift you the Sensitive Soul Empowerment Guide. It's the three ways of navigating your way to more peace, positivity, and personal power so you can fulfill your mission and enjoy your whole life process in doing that, um, you can go to sensitive soul guide.com to get that free download again it's sensitive soul guide.com, all one word. And I look forward to connecting with you in there. And uh, we have, you know, some tribes that you can join if you would like to, so we can connect the sensitive souls. And uh, every week on Light Warrior Radio, we like to gift you with some amazing people that I have met over time that have impacted my life as well as new authors and people doing amazing work because as a light warrior around the world, we're like these little lights that help to light or brighten up the entire planet. And this week, I'm super excited because I have with me today my personal friend and mentor for many years, Marcus Bird. And I met him through the Wellness Leadership Academy. And uh, thanks to Marcus, you know, the actual number one best. I'm like, look, that's your superpower. You know, launched it to number one. And um, that was like a culmination of many, many years' work and one of my missions to do that. And I've learned so much from Marcus over the years. And more recently, I have enrolled in his program called the Activator Healer Program to learn about dimensional therapy, this ancient Egyptian system that I had no idea existed. And when Marcus was sharing with me, you know, some of the past experiences he's had with the system, and we're going to be talking about things like resonant energy field stability and things that I was not aware of, it really rang like, wow, this is important, especially for the people that I serve, the highly sensitive person. Uh, because things are happening in the world, lots of changes, very very quickly. Like time seems to be speeding up, and sometimes it feels like those of us that are highly sensitive can't, like our bodies can't catch up <laughs> with the ascension process. And so Marcus is going to be talking about why is that, you know? And I found this concept so fascinating. And the other fascinating concept I learned from Marcus recently is that unlike what I learned in Reiki practice with my teacher. Uh, there are more than just seven or eight chakras in the body in the Egyptian system there are 13 and so when Marcus told me about this in Fiji many years ago I'm like what (laughs) Mm -hmm. and uh, he made a case for him you know like why is it that this information was hidden from us and how it was difficult for us to fully step into our power so I think it's really important for people to realize hey there is some additional information that can be really, really helpful for our empowerment, including that we have thirteen chakras in our bodies. So, uh, without further ado, welcome, Marcus.
1: Hey, Karen. Great to be here. Thank you so much for having me on the show.
0: Oh, I am really, really pleased that you're on the show. So, um, yes, you're very welcome. And uh, I am, um, you know, a big fan of your work, as you know. And uh, I did I did want to chuckle a little bit, uh, so I'm going to get this right out of the way, Marcus. Yes. <laughs> you know, when okay. you said you were going to start teaching dimensional therapy again, so now renamed Activator Healer Coach, and I was yeah. in the Velocity Coaching Program, you know, the, my ego first was like, whoa, 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 wait a second. Wait a second. You already have a healing modality, Karen. <laughs> you know, like, what? Wow, oh, your healing modality is so amazing. Like, why are you, you know why do you want to learn Marcus's? You know, and I was so, yeah. it was so funny because I was like saying to the ego, yeah. just hang on a minute, just let me do this. And yeah, I'm, I'm sure they play well together, which is my experience so far. I'm only halfway through the program. You know, that yeah. you know, they play very, very well together. So Absolutely. I'm just saying that right away because I'm sure there are students of mine that are like, wait, 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 why are you promoting another <laughs> young If If yours is so yeah. great. I just got that, you know, Ego piece out of the way. So, yeah, Marcus, yeah. tell us about your history. You used to yeah. call yourself a corporate Jedi, and that you gave yourself chronic fatigue. So, tell yeah. us about how that all happened, and and how you started like finding out about this Egyptian Abukra system, this healing system.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and thank you for sharing that about the ego, because isn't it funny how? Those things you know get involved and and uh, you know lead to us often sabotaging um you know the amazing things that we can connect into and work with so uh, and it's an absolute honor to have you in the program and continuing to journey with you and i think uh, I think all these things build on themselves, and you know i, I don 't believe one thing is better than another or one thing is you know the ultimate. Um, I think they, you know, all build on each other and, and, you know, the focus here is that we're constantly evolving. If right. we let the ego get too carried away, we stop evolving because the ego thinks it's perfect and wonderful and doesn't need anything else. Mm-hmm. When we yep. know that's not true, right, we're constantly right. evolving and allowing ourselves to do that um, really helps in our stability. So, um, so you know, talking about that, I, yeah, years ago I was a corporate Jedi, I was uh you know I had the right job in the, in the you know the right and the right house and the right suburb, with the right wife and the right friends and everything was perfect based on uh sort of my parents' expectations of me um, and uh and and I really you know I had a moment one day where I was really quite ego about myself. I was sitting at my corner office uh overlooking the city, and I think I even put my feet on my desk I got that sort of ego oh. <laughs> carried away. And, and I was sitting there getting or being all very sort of excited about how well I was doing and how good things were, and and then just something hit me. I don't, I can't even explain it, but this wave sort of washed over me, and I put my hand on my heart and I said, "But there must be more than this." And for uh, sort of two weeks later, I gave my what I call gave myself chronic fatigue syndrome, which meant I had to leave really work, society, friends, family. Uh, And I really had to hibernate for about two years. Um, And it was a forced hibernation. You know, I didn't really get a choice. Um, And, uh, you know, I just got sicker and sicker and sicker. And uh, that's sort of when everything changed in my world. Um, And uh, it was kind of interesting. Because when I got really sick and I had to leave work, which was a horrendous day, because I'd plotted out my whole life based on, you know, parent expectations and, societal expectations of climbing corporate ladders and you know saving money and you know retiring eventually mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that all just d- d- collapsed in, in an instant or what seemed like an instant so, um, so that was a tough day that day but it was probably my freedom day you know it was, it was right. like I think I cried because my vision had ended what I thought was my destiny and I mm-hmm. think I probably cried because I realized something else was coming um and so it was a pretty pivotal day um but but really along that journey i just started getting sicker and sicker and uh and you know doctors sort of gave up on me so western sort of that you know western medicine sort of uh gave up on me i, I saw lots of doctors they took lots of blood samples and nothing really showed uh mm-hmm. as is the case often with chronic food especially back then i mean we're talking 25 plus years ago uh, chronic fatigue was the lazy person's illness. It was not really seen as an illness. Doctors didn't know what it was, um, right. and so and so they sort of gave up on me. And and you know there were moments I thought I was dying. I thought, wow. They called it the yucky death.
0: flu. I don't know if you were told that.
1: That's but, right, yeah. the that yucky mm-hmm. flu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I you know my I, I know my brother stopped talking to me. A whole lot of friends stopped Aww. talking to me because they thought I was lazy and. Faking it, like this was fake. But I, I got to tell you, this was not fake. This was wow. this was really horrendous. Um, what I went through. Anyway, so once the doctors gave up on me, and I was very sort of Western medicine focused. You know, I was eating McDonald's three times a week because <laughs> <before> uh, <laughs> like I had no idea, like no concept at all, um, and uh, and I was just about to go on an incredible fast track. <laughs> Um, and, so, uh, and so when the doctors gave up on me, I went, right, the only person who's going to heal me right now is me. Mm. So, so I just started, I said, what, you, what can I do? You know, I can't walk, really go for a walk. I can barely walk down the house to have a shower or eat food. Um, you know, I was in extreme pain and discomfort. and It was, it was yeah, it was, a, it was a difficult time. And I thought to myself, well, what, I can't do much. Like, I can't really do anything. So what can I do? And I went, well, I can meditate. So that's what I started doing and I med- meditated for hours and hours every single day and, uh, and I was trained previously by a sports psychologist to, to imagine when you go into meditation, they call it active visualization but you know, same thing, uh, they said you know, what you imagine is you're walking downstairs right, and you relax more and more as you walk down the stairs and you go into a cellar. And in the cellar, you have a movie screen where you watch yourself doing the sport or in this case, watch myself get better. Mm -hmm. Um, I I imagine there was an energy machine there that I'd plug into every day um, Mm -hmm. and that was going to give me energy and so I created all these things in this cellar. Um, But but things really took a turn when one day I I went into my meditation and rather than being taken into a cellar or me going into a cellar, uh, a pyramid appeared and I went into a pyramid and uh, initially I thought to myself well that's a bit strange and weird because I'm not really into pyramids like I didn't you know I don't know much about pyramids except they're in Egypt right Right. you know obviously that's not true because they're all over the place but (laughs) at the time I just knew the famous pyramids you know the Giza pyramids Um, and uh, anyway so I went oh well it's a pyramid so what's the difference right I'll just go into the pyramid and my movie screen was there and my energy machine was there So I started meditating in the pyramid um, and uh, not long after I sort of started meditating in the pyramid, uh, I was just sitting in there one day minding my own business and uh, this being entered the pyramid and sat opposite me Um, and and started talking to me and saying things, well mainly the, the being said in two weeks I'm coming back with another being and we want to give you some information that you need to take to the planet. And uh, initially I just thought, this is my imagination, right? It's nothing. This is a bit weird and strange. And But, you know, at the time I was six, so maybe it's just my mind playing tricks on me. So I didn't think too much of it, although it was a little bit strange and weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two weeks to the day, uh, that being and another being came into the pyramid and said, we're here to give you some information. We need you to take it to the world. Uh, and we argued for a little bit because I was like, well, this is ridiculous. Uh, I don't know what, you know, this is stupid. I mean, am I going insane? Am I losing my mind? Uh, and uh, and they kept being very annoying. And in the end, I just said, well, you're obviously not going to leave until I do this. And they said, no, we're not going to leave until you write this stuff down. So so then started a, a, a journey of years of just writing oh, so much information, just downloading information and, on healing and quantum and the universe and humanity and you name it they they talked about it um, and uh, and this yeah again I, I didn't know what I was doing at the time I just thought it was stuff um, and you know to cut a long story short I started studying uh, a healing art called kinesiology um, and uh, this is sort of a year and a half into my illness uh, and I'd started to get better I'd, I'd actually found a natural you know an alternative medicine doctor who helped you know got me onto vitamin therapy and nutrition and a whole lot of other stuff. So I'd started to get better and uh, I'd started studying kinesiology and it wasn't until I went to the, my school one day um, and uh, I had an exam and I'd taken a book with me that, that they'd given me. I'd written a whole lot of stuff and there was an image that I'd put on the cover, they told me to put on the cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, at the end of the exam, the examiner came across, she put her hand on the manuscript and she said, I've got to read this. and I went, yeah, sure, whatever. So she read it and, and, and uh, in the end she said, you've got to show the owner of the college. So uh, later that day I went to the owner of the college and she said, you've got something I need to see. And I showed her the cover of the book and she started crying and I thought, oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> anyway, we sat down together and we started talking and she said five years earlier, she'd had a channeling experience. And when that ended, they said, uh, a gentleman will approach you in five years. He'll have this picture on the front of a book and he's got the information you need. And so. From that moment on, I started taking it a bit more seriously.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Uh, yeah, so it was, a, it was a pretty... And then there were lots of, you know, lots of synchronicities and lots of amazing things that appeared and happened and materialized and stuff that, uh, that made this, you know, pretty real. Um, and, they wanted to uh, make sure yeah. that you knew that you were
0: awakened and yes. that,
1: <laughs> that it was real and you weren't dreaming. Is that right? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, they they gave me, you know, and and after I just sort of spoke to the the owner of the college, who was very much a Miss, Mrs. Mrs. McGonagall, you know, from Harry Potter, yeah. that looking, she was beautiful and but very, you know, very uh, wizard-like, or uh, and uh, which so she was a little bit scary. But after that, I just went okay. And she, talked, she said, look, you know, you've got to go back, find out where they're from, what they're actually here to do, what it's all about, uh, and then sort of have some sort of control over it because they just download stuff to you 24-7 if you let them. Mm. Um, and uh, and again, yeah, so I got that clarity and, uh, and the reason they were sort of doing this. Uh, and uh, yeah, we went on this sort of crazy, you know, almost 10-year journey until I hibernated things and uh, now i'm bringing it back into reality now i think the earth's ready
0: wow wow that's fascinating so did you like or i should say when did you find out who these two
1: beings were like where did they
0: come from what did their names? yeah they like
1: yeah yeah absolutely so so i went back to them after i sort of met with um with this lady, this is the college uh, owner, and uh, yeah, we had words and I said, okay, here, there's, there's a couple of things, rules that we have. One is you need to tell me where you're from. Uh, that's rule one. Uh, the second rule is if you're going to give me any information that's brand new on the planet, you have to give me information that's already here that I can cross-check. So, for example, mm-hmm. if you're going to give me quantum information, then I, you need to give me some quantum information that I probably don't know about, but I could research and find it, and then give me the next bit of quantum information that we don't have on the planet just yet. So, uh, mm-hmm. so they were sort of the rules, um, and when I asked them where they're from, they told me the star system, uh, what it was like, it was a binary system, da-da-da, and I said, well, that's not helpful because I don't know anything about stars. I'm not an astrophysicist or... You know, I don't have a telescope. Um, so how will I know this is true? And they said you will. Uh, you'll find a bookstore, and when you walk into the bookstore, you'll find the book. And on page 65 of that book will be exactly what we just talked about. And so, uh, you know, I ran to every bookstore I could think of for a while and couldn't find anything. Um, <clears throat> that's my sort of Aries nature. Uh, and <laughs> when I mean when I mean run to a bookstore, I'm still not 100% well. So it, was, it took a little bit to. But anyway, I was having. A, I, I met up with a friend, and uh, we were having a cup of tea, a herbal tea. And uh, across the road was this tiny little bookstore I hadn't been into. So I walked into the bookstore, and uh, I walked down one of the aisles. And the aisles were tiny. They, they you know, they were just just a bit more than shoulder width apart. You'd have to sort of go sideways to um, to pass someone in the in the aisle. And I walked down this one aisle, and there, lying on the floor, face down, was this huge book, massive book. Um, not a little tiny book, not a sort of reading book, but like a, a map type book, like big book. And, uh, and I, with trepidation, I reached down and picked it up. And, uh, and of course, when I turned it over, it was a book on planets. And uh, when I turned to the page, it talked all about where they were from uh, and uh, pretty much everything they had said. So that was just one of the sort of amazing bits of confirmation mm. that I got.
0: Okay. Now I don't know. Uh, I, I didn't warn you. I was going to ask you this question, Martin. That's okay. Uh, so would you <laughs> would you be willing to share with folks publicly about your golden Buddha
1: experience? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so so again, look, I had lots of different experiences where things just sort of showed up. Uh, showed up in letterboxes. Showed up in my kitchen. Showed up in just places around the house and. One of the ones when they initially sort of came, they gave me uh, a gift of the golden Buddha and uh, and they sort of presented me with this golden Buddha and when I came out of the meditation, that's actually what was there on the table in front of me uh, and uh, yeah and and kind of interesting because that golden Buddha has followed me through lots of different house you know um, moves and uh, and I've sort of lost it a couple of times and it's just found its way back to me uh, a number of times and I can't sort really of explain how or why or any Did of those sort of things. you ever leave it somewhere
0: on purpose?
1: No, no, <laughs> no I haven't. I'm always a bit scared to, right, just in case, but maybe it's all, you know, maybe it's not true and you, you're you just making it up because, you know, my my left brain, my earthly brain sort of still has trouble with it when <laughs> mm-hmm. I just relax in and feel into it, and feel, you know, I know the reality of it and every time every now and then when i go oh, am i just kidding and making this up i just remember some of the the many coincidences or synchronicities or amazing things that you know just like the planet book you know um i couldn't have made that up and i couldn't have picked the right page and i couldn't have you know done any of that sort of stuff and uh and just words they gave me and things they gave me you know it, you just couldn't make that stuff up Right. So,
0: uh, so I would so left feel that there was oh, no, totally. yeah, no reference totally. point for you know somebody to say, well, Marcus, you just you know you just read that somewhere or you just saw that, exactly it in right. the yeah,
1: yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, you know, I was this corporate Jedi. I wasn't a healer. I wasn't. I didn't know that I was a sensitive being. And, but any of that sort of stuff, and they started downloading this crazy stuff to me, and it's like, you know, for years I asked the question, but why me? I mean, this is ridiculous. Why don't you give it to some amazing healer who's been doing this you know, for 100 years, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and fully? But they didn't, and, uh, and I think the reason they didn't is because I had that, you know, because it makes it almost a more real. You know, because how could I have made that up? You know, I didn't know anything about that. I wasn't, I hadn't done Reiki. I'd only just started doing kinesiology, you know, and learning about Chinese medicine and acupressure, acu, you know, meridians and acupoints and all that sort of stuff. I just sort of, yeah, only just sort of started to learn that because that's who I went to help get healed. So, um, so that's why I started doing that. But uh, everything just opened up and I realized, you know, how sensitive I was, and uh, yeah, that I'd been that most of my life oh that's that's so, really
0: interesting yeah um, what I mean, obviously, these beings had a mission and yes. wanted you to help out in that mission so what what exactly is that mission?
1: Yeah, um look, I think you know overall the mission's been to help heal the world um, right now it's really focused on uh, raising the consciousness of the planet and helping people to step into a cosmic conscious state um and and that's the sort of you know the idea of that is a really broad uh uh open and sort of free state to accept the truth of the universe um and and unfortunately we've had very closed conscious states you know for the majority of people on the planet they're very closed down to any of these sort of possibilities and stepping into a cosmic conscious state means that you're connecting with the universe um, and connecting with the universe, teaming with life. Um, you know, I think once, once people fully realize the extent of the universe and how it's constructed and how many other beings are out there, everything's going to change. So I think, uh, you know, and along that journey, you know, along that consciousness journey is, is a journey of healing, it's a journey of aligning, it's a journey of, you know, uh, uh, really embracing your magic, you know? And and if you are a sensitive soul, then it's about fully embracing that so that you can connect to the truth of what's, you know, really going on.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's very, very uh, interesting. Uh, now, someone yeah. might argue, Marcus, that um, yes. so these beings are highly evolved beings from other planets or systems. Why yeah. do they give a hoot? Like, <laughs> you yeah. know?
1: Why, yeah, humans exactly. maybe
0: not as evolved as there, so why
1: should they even care? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is, I, mean, I think this is a really good point, a great question you bring up because I've asked the same question, like why care about us? We're just this little tiny planet in the middle of, you know, uh, nothingness. Uh, what does it matter whether we exist or don't exist? and And this is what you know when you get into a cosmic conscious state, you realize the interconnected nature of everything, uh, especially well everything it doesn't not even especially but sentient beings in particular um uh, there's a there's an interesting and and a deep sort of web inter, intertwined web of existence for all of us, and what happens to one happens to another and I think at some level we've been taught that or know that or understand that but but not necessarily from a galactic sort of cosmic point of view, but we are all connected. You know, one of the things that they gave me many, many years ago is they said, Marcus, the the universe is connected, planets are connected in octahedron shapes. So there are key planets that if you sort of drew a line from one planet to the next, would actually make up like an octahedron shape, which is two pyramids end on end and about two weeks after I downloaded that and told my students who I was teaching at the time NASA released um, a statement confirming that that they think that there are key planets that are sort of energetically like sort of like energetically connected together that creates these octahedron shapes and um, and that's just sort of a a small example of the the importance of the planetary system and therefore the beings that are on that planet um, because the consciousness is a, you know, create everything that we're looking at. So, so the important thing from their point of view, because of the interconnected nature, is if, if, uh, if a, you know, if a, a, a being, uh, a humanity, disappears, then that affects, that ripples throughout the whole universe and creates a disharmony and a disharmonic throughout the universe and then it takes a whole lot of energy and effort to reharmonize that. It's, a, it's sort of like it's, it's easier to support a race to stabilize themselves than it is to help stabilize the universe after they've been made extinct or disappeared. No. So, so there's a lot of energy right now being directed our way uh, and potential uh, direct influence sort of going to happen um, to to really support us. Now, now the sort of sort of rules of the universe is that these beings can't directly interfere unless unless there is a, a species-ending um, potential event that could you know may occur, then they will directly interfere. Now, we're <laughs> it looks like we're getting closer towards that, so they are getting. Closer and preparing to maybe support at a deeper level uh, mm-hmm. and uh, until that time they send messages through people like myself and you and sensitive beings to um, to provide information knowledge wisdom uh, to support the the evolutionary process on the planet
0: oh I see I see okay yeah well that's interesting now in this uh, activator healer program that I am part of, um, there yeah. are some new awarenesses that were really new to me. One being that we have thirteen chakras within the right. body, not just seven or eight, and then we have these spinning yes. pyramids in our bodies that I've never heard right. of. But uh, yeah. maybe you can, you know, share with us um, you know Part of this download that you got related to that related to healing yeah um yeah. Why, why is it that we think we only have seven when we have 13 or, or is this just you know yeah. nomenclature between one you know yeah. culture and another
1: yeah absolutely yeah there, there's there's look there's the story goes quite deep <laughs> around yeah. why we are we only sort of have the seven or eight chakra system that's the sort of one that's most famous and you know most widely accepted and used and and it goes back to sort of ancient Egyptian times especially around the time of uh, the pharaoh Arkham who really started to change everything and this was sort of there was sort of a pivotal time in our revolution where we just start dropping in consciousness and Arkham was sort of the start of that not that I'd, I don't think he meant to but but it did start this sort of uh... this drop and and the why it started was that uh... once upon a time in ancient egypt there were many gods that they worshiped uh... and Akhenaten came along and said we're not going to worship many gods anymore we're just going to worship one god that's the god of the sun ra and that's all we're going to do along that journey he also started to take some of the common knowledge and place it in the hands of leaders the religious leaders or you know whatever leaders uh... and that was then continued through sort of history where they shut down information that helped um, the everyday person to become enlightened or evolve or uh, be connected at a cosmic level and they just started shutting this down Um, uh, and the chakra system is one of those Uh, the calendar system is another one of those Uh, you know and and I think the, the very first thing they started to do was to shut down the feminine energy and go hang on a minute the feminine is so connected in with the cycles of life and, and both on the Earth plane but in a cosmic plane, and if we're going to sort of maintain or get some control over uh, the masses, then the first thing we've got to do is shut the feminine down. So so there's a whole lot of things sort of happened over many, many years and certainly into Roman times and um, that sort of stuff that then started to shut things down. Uh, and, uh, you know, shut, they took away the 13 months, you know, made this 12 month system uh, of really weird, you know, number of days in each month rather than 28 <laughs> days for every month. Again, that just started shutting down um, certainly the feminine, but, but also humanity. Now, the chakras were the same. Uh, and the best way to understand this is if you imagine a piano. And if you can imagine the white keys and the black keys and if we look at one octave on the piano we we find that we we go from you know the c note to to another c note so we go c d e f g a b c which is one octave on the piano and we can imagine one octave is a bit like a level of consciousness and as we Mm -hmm. raise in consciousness we go to another octave a higher octave same notes just a higher octave um, and what's, what's happened here is that if you look at the piano keys, you've got seven white keys in this octave and you've got five black keys. So so one of the things, is if you want to, again, stop people fully evolving into everything that they can be, the best thing to do is take away some things. So one of the things they did with the chakra system is they took away the black keys so that we were only left with the white keys and And if you look at the octave you 've got seven white keys, and the eighth white key is the start of the next octave right so there are seven there are seven white keys plus one, which is the start of the next octave that 's why you have seven chakras and sometimes eight chakras because the eighth chakra is the start of the next octave um, and and in any of these systems, the eighth or the thirteenth is the most important because it helps you to access the next level of conscious awareness or the next octave. So what they did is they took away the black keys, leaving us only with seven seven white keys. So when you reactivate the full chakra system using the black keys as well, then you can create this beautiful harmony, this beautiful symphony of of uh, resonant that you can't do with seven chakras. So um so it's critically important that we activate the full potential of who we are. And uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. The number 13 is probably the most important number in the universe. Uh, and it's also a forbidden number here on Earth, right? It's a, it's a, it's a superstitious number. Mm-hmm. Buildings don't have, you know, the 13th floor and don't, you know, third eight, Friday the 13th is bad. And, you know, and, and this is the funny part. Often the secrets of the universe are hidden in superstition that we shouldn't look at. So if anyone tells you not to look at something like the number 13, that's exactly the number you should be looking at. <laughs> that's like the most important thing you should be looking at. Um, and so it's kind of interesting. You know, my lucky number all my life has been number 13. Wow. I had no idea why. Um, and, uh, and I have a, a place up in the snow, which is up in the mountains, which is my, one of my favorite places to be because I love snow, and it's number 13. Like, I've had 13 follow me my whole life. And until this really started to activate, Absolutely. I didn't realize why. And now I know. Um, and so, the 13, reactivating the 13 chakras and working with the 13 chakras is critically important. Again, it re-harmonizes, re-stabilizes, and brings people back into sync with the natural state of the universe. And that's when we'll enter a cosmic conscious state.
0: Ah, so we've basically, as a species, if you will, have been out of sync for a very, very long time because we're really missing some awarenesses, and Finally. it was, uh, you know, purposely or not purposely done, depending on, you know, one's perspective. <laughs> and <laughs> exactly. and so now we have this opportunity to be yes. able to fully be who we are. And yeah. you also mentioned in the Activator Healer Coach program the importance of the chakras as it relates to. Uh, the energy of keeping um, six pyramids spinning, if you will, yes. or octahedrons spinning yes. in our bodies, which keeps our resonant energy field stable. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what all that's about, mm. why it's important for this sure. energy field to be stable?
1: Yeah. yeah, look, the key focus for a human experience is to be stable and to maintain a level of stability. You know, the the greatest example of stability is if you look at uh, successful sports people, this is probably the most obvious thing. Um, in particular, I tend to. I'm a big fan of tennis, so I watch tennis. But if you look at one of the tennis player, Ash Barty, who was the women's world number one recently, uh, she's mm-hmm. now retired. She's an Australian. Um, but anybody who's been at that top level for long periods of time, Federer, and you know some of these other players that were world number one for extended periods, you just have to look at how stable they are. You know, they they, they tend in their peak of their career, they tend not to get angry on the court, they tend not to get frustrated, they tend just to maintain this incredible stability and this is what allows them to stay world number one. So if we bring it back to us sort of normal folks, <laughs> um, um, uh, then stability is the key to greater success, to manifesting more abundance, to a more, you know all of these things, to being healthier uh, and so um, there's a system that the Egyptians use that is within us a nano-subtle energetic system of the body, uh, and it's, uh, it's centralized on six core pyramid centers. Now, these pyramid centers are actually octahedron centers, so they're two pyramids base on base, is what forms an octahedron. Um, and it starts way back in conception, and, and there's a key reason why we have these six pyramid centers, which is two pyramids base on base, which means we actually have 12 pyramids, Um, six centers, because it's the two pyramids, Um, Mm -hmm. uh, there's a reason for this. So so when we're a soul, we theoretically are like a particle of light, like a, um, you know, well, we're not, you know, we're just a soul. We're just this beautiful little sphere out in the universe. Um, When we want to then sort of uh, come down onto a planet and actually manifest ourselves into a physical dense form because obviously we're at a very high energetic form when we're a soul and we're a very dense form when we're physically you know uh, coming onto a, a planet or uh, um, there are a couple of things that have to happen. The first thing is that um, the soul has to begin to create geometry to be able to physically manifest. So everything that's manifest on the planet starts with geometry. Plants have geometry in them you know. so this the whole idea of sacred geometry is really, really huge. So, so, what happens is it creates again. To cut a long story short, <laughs> it creates this uh, double-sided, you know, end-to-end pyramid uh, that starts to spin around the soul. That spin around the soul creates uh, starts to create forms. So, just just as we just as the uh, the sperm fertilizes the egg these pyramids start to be formed, one to start with, and then it splits into six. That creates the nano-subtle energy template of the body. The body then forms around these pyramid centers. Um, These pyramid centers are a bit like a gyroscope. They help keep us stable in space and time. They help anchor us to the planet. They help keep us in our body. They help us to be able to be manifest in a dense structure and a dense form. Um, the more stable these pyramids are, so the more they're spinning perfectly, the more we tend to attract things into ourselves, good things into ourselves. Um, they become sort of like these attractor-generator centres or creation-generator centres. The more stable they are, the faster they're spinning, uh, the more we bring towards us sort of the destiny, the things that we're you know meant to bring towards us. The less stable they are, the more we tend to bring things that, you know, maybe aren't as in alignment with who we are uh, and so health and and manifested things and all come down to the stability of these pyramid centres that can obviously be affected by many, many, many different things because they're quite subtle and sensitive in nature uh, and, uh, and the way they work and so um, the whole sort of concept of the Activator Healer Coach and dimensional therapy is to stabilized and keep these pyramids in alignment and, and keep them really, really stable um, so that you can have the best life possible.
0: Mm, that's really interesting because what you're saying, if I may paraphrase, is not yeah. only do you become healthier, like physically 3D yes. healthier when these octahedrons are spinning optimally um, Yes. you Resonant energy feel disabled but you're also attracting right. Right. positive experiences in your life like Correct. more money, experiences, yep. relationships. Totally. Am I hearing you right?
1: Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Now initially when they, it came to me, it wasn't necessary. They didn't mention a lot of that to me. It's actually one of my students that started to feel into this and started to utilize it in that way from an attractor manifestation point of view and all of a sudden they started manifesting all this stuff and we started to do more research on it and we realized that you know your resonant field is an attraction type field it's going to bring things into your experience really to help you to become more stable right so if you're already stable then it'll just bring more good stuff to keep you stable if you're not stable if you're destabilized then it's going to bring you things to help you to re-stabilize now often these things look like they're negative experiences so chronic fatigue for example came into my being to re-stabilize me because I was way out of you know I was way off like so so off it wasn't funny so so it brought that into my field to help me to re-stabilize myself which of course that's exactly what happened and the more stable I became became the more well I became Um, and 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 You know, again, same is true for anything that we bring into our world. The more stable we are, the more likely we're to bring things in that help us to remain stable. They look like positive things. If we're very destabilized, it'll bring things into our experience that look like they're negative to help us to restabilize.
0: Mm. So when these so-called negative things happen, it's sort of like... Like what, like a wake-up call or like a hint or what I would call yeah, a two-by-four?
1: That's, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. And so, and so it's, it's designed to sort of jolt us back into uh, the truth of our experience, really. Mm. And, and obviously some people don't see that and they fall into the victimhood of it. Uh, And that life isn't fair and it's all bad and horrible, Um, but for those of us maybe who, you know, can can have a little bit of awareness of some of these experiences and step out of it just long enough to go, hang on, you know, and often it's only after the experience that we sit back and go, wow, that was, I'm so glad that happened, right? Um, In the moment, we, we often don't feel that way. But know that, yeah, the the degree to which you're stable will 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 really greatly influence what shows up for you.
0: Mm. Well, I've noticed with what people call the ascension process, which to me yes. is more like an expansion process. It seems mm-hmm. like time is uh, perceived differently. It seems like totally. you know the ability to heal and make shifts and changes is is quickening totally. on the planet.
1: Um, Without a
0: doubt. The highly sensitive people can, when I call, I call it an Ascension upgrade, when we get an Ascension upgrade, sometimes they're just all over the place. Like they're too yeah. sensitive again, they're feeling too yeah. much, you know, yeah. uh, and then they feel depressed, and then they have a yeah. pain, yeah. you know, and, and what you're saying is that if we can keep ourselves stable in time yes. and space and keep these spinning optimally, correctly, yeah. that we don't necessarily yeah. have to go through all those Ascension symptoms.
1: No, Is that true? definitely don't have to. You don't mm. have to because these centers connect into the universe, right? They're int- intimately connected with everything in the universe. So, so the more stable you are, the more you have access to everything. So you can have sort of this instant ascension in a way, right? You can connect into it without effort, without having to go through all the pains and experience of that. You can access it sort of immediately.
0: Ooh, that's exciting and probably very yeah. attractive to many people at yeah,
1: this totally, point. Totally, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, right now we're, we're more destabilised than we've ever been, but that's only because we haven't been focused on this. You know, like I said before, you know, the more destabilised you are, you know, the more likely you're to attract things into your world to re-stabilize you. So right now, we've had this huge sort of destabilization or what seems like a destabilization when really we were already destabilized following really, you know, bad paths, right? So we weren't Mm -hmm. honoring the cosmic nature of who we are. So as a collective, we were very destabilized. So of course, this event has now occurred to help us to re-stabilize, you know? And the first step of that is to realize that you are destabilized that's often the first step that's what this you know like you said the cosmic four by two or the, you know that mm-hmm. that moment is to wake you up and go hang on a minute you look at you know you're really out of sort. you're not connected into the truth of what's really going on in the universe and therefore there's a de- you know destabilization and like most things if you if you've had something for long enough it can feel normal right? so if right. these pyramids have been spinning incorrectly for for many years it can feel normal when actually these events come along and go, hang on, none of this is normal. We're gonna take you, you know, the event's gonna take you to another level, but that's how we sort of talk about it, another level. But really what it's doing is waking you up to how destabilized you are, so you have an opportunity to re-stabilize yourself. Yes, yes, wow.
0: And uh, the 13 chakras, um, how do they help us keep our pyramids internally stable?
1: Yeah, so there's really two sort of uh, two systems that help the stability of the pyramids. One is the um, uh, the pathways, which is the Egyptian meridian system, which is different to the China, well slightly different to the Chinese, although they're interlinked a little bit. Um, so the the pathways inside the body um, give the pyramid shape to spin, and the chakras give the pyramid energy to spin. So there are two sort of core aspects that are needed. Um, to help these pyramids to um, to spin more effectively. That is obviously the shape of the pyramids, so the walls are, you know, even and, and shaped correctly, mm-hmm. and that they actually have the energy to be able to spin. Chakras provide the energy.
0: Okay, okay. And yeah. so, I mean, the different chakras, um, can you briefly run through, like, what the different 13 chakras are, are called and maybe sure. a, a couple of tidbits about what each of them do?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so obviously you'll recognise some of the seven within there because obviously you know they are still within it. So, so with the thirteen you've got the base chakra, which is you know pretty much the same as the seven. You've then got a pubic chakra or a sexual chakra, which is the next one up, uh, and uh, and that's really about that um, that real fire that you have from a sort of pubic sort of sexual point of view, um, and uh, and and how you can you know really utilize that to, to bring lots of energy in and, and, uh, and, you know, really help you to express yourself out in the world. We then have the Dantian Chakra, which is just below the belly button, and there's a lot of wisdom around Dantian. Um, this is sort of the center of your being, and so there's a chakra right there in the center of your being. So it's a, it's a, a chakra that really helps you to express your wisdom. We've got solar plexus, which is sort of similar. Uh, and then we have two heart chakras, which is different. So we have a heart chakra oh. for love to the self, right for you and then we have a heart chakra for the rest of the world so for the external so we've got an internal heart chakra and what might be considered an external heart chakra um and so um so activating those obviously helps you to you know love you more or love um outside of you more uh, we then have the throat chakra we then have a logic chakra which is all about your logic brain and and how your logic brain is is um being activated uh, we have a limbic chakra so about the limbic brain all about your emotions and uh you know often stories and things like that we try to tell ourselves so <laughs> keeping some con- you know stability over the limbic chakra is pretty important uh, especially as you know as we go into um, emotional states mm-hmm. uh, we have the pituitary chakra we have the hypothalamus cerebellum chakra pineal and then the godhead which is the third 13th chakra which is really just the start of the next octave um, and, uh, and then we, we obviously repeat as we rise in, um, in our octaves.
0: Right, so then that base chakra in you know goes again yep. into that next octave and we get more evolved, as you know,
1: like a yeah, mandala exactly.
0: that's being built that's more and more complex.
1: Exactly. So the 13th chakra is actually the, the base chakra of the next octave.
0: <laughs> but it's
1: at another level, right? It's at another sort of level of consciousness. So, so we look at it and we go, "Oh, wow, that's the godhead. That's the, you know, that's that's the god chakra." And it's like, no, actually, that's just the base chakra for the next,
0: <laughs> for the next
1: octave, right? <laughs> so, um, wow. so that's kind of that's kind of interesting. So there's a flow for all of this, which isn't isn't how we often see the chakras. You know, we see the chakras. There's just seven chakras and that's it. Whereas with this system. There are twelve chakras plus one, which is the thirteenth, which is the start of the next twelve plus one, mm-hmm. then the next twelve plus one, and it goes on and on maybe infinitely so um, so it's a it 's a sort of a, an open system it 's the same with the pathway system, which is the egyptian meridian system it 's not a closed system like the chinese system it 's an open system that actually is connected to the whole universe so so with you know a lot of the Egyptian healing stuff um, is very open and connected into the universe it's not a closed system within the human as if the humans just this closed system because we're not and again this is one of the issues most of the stuff that often we're given it looks like the body is just this closed system and not necessarily interconnected with the universe and with everybody in the universe whereas the Egyptian system uh, uh, in intimately acknowledges the interconnected nature of the human experience.
0: Mm, oh, that's beautiful. Well, and the interesting yeah. thing, Marcus, is that as I was, you know, creating the Topic Healing Method and my healing modality, sometimes yeah. as I, you know, I'm, I'm like a spiritual investigator, so I'm always asking, yeah. well well, why, and what, and how, and, you know, do have a conversation, and some of the answers that I was getting, like, why is this happening for this person, I mean, they were so weird, I was like, I can't talk to anybody about this, because I don't know what it is, I can't even explain it, like, there's one thing, in it's on uh, chart two of mine, called dimensional fascia, a multiverse fascia, Um, and I'm like, what the heck is dimensional fascia, (laughs) you know, because I'm seeing yeah, it yeah. from the physician point of view, right, fascia, this interconnected web and, you know, yes. things. And then now that I'm taking the Activator Helico program, I'm like, oh, strings, okay, I, I get it now. <laughs> like, I know yeah. what this means, like that connection to everything, you know. And, yeah. and I did my best to try to explain it to my students based on what I was told, but I just didn't have a context really on the quantum, like, from what I was saying. But, you know, you really helped in class to explain it very clearly and it just, like, ding, ding, ding. This made total sense to me uh,
1: afterwards, which is really neat. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think we have to consider things, you know, as this interconnected with the universe and not closed or, you Mm. know, not because that's just, that doesn't feel right. Even when you think about it and start talking about it, it makes sense that, of course we... Would be connected intimately into the universe, right. and therefore, any closed system will serve a purpose. But but maybe there's an extension to that that actually then connects us intimately with the universe.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, Marcus, I'm sure someone's going to ask. I'm going to ask now. Is this yes. um, okay? So we're talking about the Egyptian system, which uh, you yes. shared uh, with us um, that uh, you called the Abukra system. So does it's that mean? Yeah, so does
1: that mean your off-world friends are Egyptian? I wouldn't go so far as to say they're Egyptian, but they definitely helped the Egyptians. They were part of um, uh, giving to the Egyptians a lot of the technology they had, certainly from a healing point of view. Um, Mm -hmm. There were a number of uh, off-world beings that supported the Egyptians and... and, um, yeah the 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 people i you know the beings that i channel through also assisted from a from a healing point of view predominantly um mm. so uh, so they haven't given me the secrets to how the pyramids were built so
0: <laughs> so they haven't given me
1: the secrets to how we can stabilize humanity and grow consciousness so um so that's kind of you know that that's kind of yeah you know, and it's timely right it, it's absolutely right. time right now um that we embrace you know this embrace who the fullness of who we are and the interconnected nature of who we are and uh and elevate ourselves you know consciously to the next evolutionary step otherwise yeah yeah we're just stagnant and and Mm -hmm. and yeah we can't we can't be stagnant anymore you know and the awakening of sensitive beings and this is why it's so exciting that you wrote your book and you know, that you're doing the work you're doing to really acknowledge sensitive beings and support them and help them to realize that it is a superpower, um, that it is critically important right now because the sensitive souls are the ones who are connecting into these truths and mm-hmm. therefore activating the truth. You know, once we connect into it and and we're talking about it and and... and embracing it we then bring it into truth right into existence and then that helps everybody else who maybe isn't quite as awake or as sensitive or have shut that ability down um mm-hmm. to really wake up and evolve because this is where we're heading this is what we have to do
0: mm, yeah i absolutely resonate with that
1: um yeah.
0: marcus you have a pyramid meditation Uh, and, uh, we're actually going to give the pretty link to everyone here that if you would like to experience spinning your six pyramids faster and faster. And I, just from this meditation alone, which I learned years ago in Fiji with Marcus, um, the the manifesting power of it is pretty darn strong. And that's even without going through the activator healer coach program (laughs) yet. So I highly recommend it. Um, so write this down, everyone who's listening in. It's karencancom forward slash pyramid meditation, all one word. So karencancom forward slash pyramid meditation, and you can opt in to um, listen in on, uh, you know, Marcus talking about it, doing the, the pyramid meditation for you. Um, also, yeah. uh, Marcus, you have some live events as well in your Facebook group, so maybe you can share with folks how uh, they can learn more, learn more about the Activator Healer Coach program, learn more about the Pyramid yeah, Meditation. Totally,
1: totally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can join the Heart of the Matrix Facebook group. Uh, that's where most of the, you know, a lot of the information is shared around events coming up and stuff like that. And you can also go on to um, dimensionalcoach.com which uh, which talks about the Activator Healer Coach process. And, uh, yeah, happy yeah happy to have conversations with people, certainly in Heart of the Matrix Facebook group. There's lots of great conversations happening there. And, uh, yeah, it's exciting.
0: It is exciting. It is exciting. And uh, I love how, you know, the, the whole evolutionary um, process is, is happening and people are getting together like you and me and yeah. You know, other yeah folks and really helping to evolve each other and the whole planet. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah, it's, a, it's an exciting time to be part of.
1: <laughs> it's, a, it's such an important time right now, you know, and uh, we all chose to be here in this moment as difficult yeah. as it sometimes feels <laughs> mm-hmm. and sometimes we sit there going, what were we thinking? Um, but, but, you know, each one of you is a very important part of this next evolutionary phase and uh, you know, it wasn't for the lighthearted and, and you know, it, it helps to have you as a sensitive, you know, soul being here and, uh, and sharing your wisdom and knowledge and, and uh, all of that sort of stuff. It's a critical time right now. So, you know, thank you for being here and Karen, thank you for doing all the work you do and uh, being part of this, you know, cosmic journey that we're all on.
0: Mm, my pleasure. Well, it's been wonderful chatting with you, Marcus. Thanks for all Thanks. the value that and, and love that you've given to us and, and to the world. And we also want to thank everyone for listening in and being part of the solution. So until next time, bye for now. Lots of love.
1: Bye.